Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes in Discussion. Today, I'm venturing back overseas and back to San Diego for the first time, and I've got the pleasure of being joined by photographer Ben Horn. Good good morning, Ben, actually. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here and uh, definitely kind of cool. It's morning here and it's uh, evening there. Yep, very good. I know indeed. Yep, bit of a, another time difference, but uh, at least it works. At least it works. It's not like uh, trying somewhere where it's a wee bit of a very strange time difference. So, um, so for most of you who are listening, you might have. Uh, I suspect many of you will have heard of Ben Horn, who uh, shoots large, large format, based over in San Diego and very much uh, into Utah. He had a book published last year, I think it was, through mm-hmm. Kozu Books, which we'll get on to discuss in, in a few minutes. But before that, Ben, it would be great just uh, for you to give an introduction to your, I suppose, your photographic journey and a bit of background to yourself. Yeah, so um, I am now, as of uh, just over a year ago, um, have gone in the direction of doing photography as a career. But before that, I was uh, working a part-time job. In addition to uh, doing photography, I was working at a camera store. Cool. And I've been working there for 16 years since I graduated from college. Very nice. And uh, started photography in high school with a film SLR camera. Yep. Um, And then digital started coming out. So I started shooting digital stuff. And it was after college and uh, when I was already working at the camera store, that I decided to start getting a little more serious about shooting landscapes. Cool. Yeah. And uh, went in the direction of shooting large format film based on a suggestion of a friend. Yeah. And it was, it seemed like a strange suggestion because everything was all digital, digital. and stuff. Yeah. But um, I just really love the process and how it just slows you down and makes you think a little bit more and yeah. makes you consider everything. And I uh, just fell in love with the process. So I, I shoot all, all landscapes, uh, color film, mostly transparency film where you have a very limited dynamic range. So you're, it has me finding calm subjects and calm light and calm conditions, which yeah. is something I, I, I think probably comes through in, in the photos. Yes. Um, but it's, it's definitely a very uh, zen-like process, you know, underneath the dark cloth, looking at that ground glass on the camera upside down and yeah. trying to make sense yeah. of all the subjects and um, and then that's actually where the name of the book comes from between the wind, because oftentimes the exposures are quite long, uh, when yep. working with film, especially since I'm shooting into the shadows and all that. Yes. And so I'm waiting for the wind to calm down for, uh, you know, the leaves on a tree to settle or for okay. it not to shake the camera violently in the desert, which can have bad you know, impact on the actual photos. I, yeah, I can, I can imagine. Oh Yeah. So it actually, that was the, the working title for the book is something I had in mind um, even before having the opportunity to make the book. Right. Okay. Um, so, so when I was presented with the um, prospect of doing the book and they're saying, hey, we need to come up with a title. I'm like, I got one. Yeah. So, <laughs> something to think of when you're like, you know, when you're hiking through the washes and finding subjects, all those, those trail thoughts sometimes lead to some cool book names and stuff like that well that's it they always generate wee ideas that uh, you know at some point there will be a use for them um, and oh yeah i think is as you say it's a it's a perfect title for your book and just just sums up the experience of of it is is between the wind you're you're sitting waiting ready to uh, all prepared because obviously when you talk about you shoot in large format it's not a quick process by any imagination and there must be quite a lot of planning goes into into identifying the shots that you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there definitely is. Um, it's it's definitely a process of trial and error in terms of figuring out what 
is going to be a pretty good subject. What's going to be pretty good light. Yeah. Um, but then once you sort of figure that out, it, it might seem very limiting to a lot of photographers to know that, you know, here are the rigid constraints you have to work within in order to produce the photos. Yeah. Uh, the, the film is very finicky at times. There's all, there's all kinds of technical stuff that, that are becomes things that you have to be very aware of. Plus the film is also pretty expensive. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a little over $30 per sheet, yes. um, <laughs> including the processing. And you also, it's good to shoot doubles on most scenes just in case something goes wrong. There's a light leak, the yes. something, there's always, always to mess up. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the, there's, there's a lot of limitations involved, but yeah. I think that is um, one of the things that also helps build a sense of satisfaction with one's work. Because you can just yeah. look at it and be like, man, I worked hard for that shot. I did the best I could. It's not perfect, but I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, and I think it's it's a real sense sense of it must provide a real sense of satisfaction and and reward and just the, I think as you say, it slows you down. It probably you you consider every aspect probably several times and just get into the stage. It's not just a mm -hmm. case of right. I think I'm ready. Click. Oh no, that that shouldn't have been there in the bottom right corner. Click again, and before you mm -hmm. know it, before you know it, you're a hundred bucks poorer, and you've yeah. caught, you've you probably picked up on another another mistake. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a wonderful process as opposed to just the click 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 that we see and everyone knows and um, anyone who's got a digital camera is probably guilty of, regardless of whether they think that or not. Yeah, it, it really teaches one to. I think be a little bit more aware of the subjects that are out there and yeah. the possibilities and the more subtle changes in light. Yeah. Um, and even if it's a sort of thing where, um, let's say I'm shooting a um, sunrise or sunset or something along those lines in, let's say a desert like Death Valley. Yeah. Um, and you're watching the, you know, the sun come up and start to hit the clouds a little bit. You have to keep telling yourself, is this the right moment or do I wait a little bit or is it the right yeah. moment? Do I, you know, you have to keep going through that because, you only have so many sheets of film yep. yeah. and you want to time it as, as good as possible. So I think it really teaches one to be very um, observant about the way light works, atmospherics works, everything yeah. like that. Cause you have to try to predict things ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I bet it's, I think also comes back is, is looking at the, looking at the work in your book, which is a beautiful, beautiful, body, beautiful body of work. No other way to describe it, but it really gives a, a great sense of immersion in terms of you really immersing yourself in the locations and in the subject matter as well, which I think in turn shows your understanding for the location. And I, is that something that you really want to share and pass on to the viewer is, is the sense of immersion? And Yeah. So that's actually one of my, one of my goals when I go on these trips. And also I should say that I, I, re, I return to the same locations again and again. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I find it's really hard. Like if you visit a location for the first time, yeah, there's some really beautiful things, but it's hard to know if there anything in particular is especially, um, if there's any special moments, if there's anything that is a particular unique when you go to that visit, when you visit on that particular trip, because you don't really know the area very well, but if you keep yeah. returning to an area, you'll learn yeah. to recognize when conditions are more unique, which yeah. I think gives more focus. So part of my process is certainly to, um, return. to return to the locations again. And, again. and also one of my goals is to uh, shoot photos that are very representative of the actual subject and of the actual experience. Yeah. 
And I find that that is more difficult than taking a photo of a subject that might be a pretty nice subject, but then making it to be something that it really wasn't. It's, it's really easy to take things a bit more to the extreme in terms of you know, taking a picture, putting it in Photoshop and tweaking things dramatically to make it look different. Yes, absolutely. But it's really hard to take a photo that is pretty true to the location yep. and rather genuine to the location. Um, and I think film makes it a little bit easier for that, um, especially when shooting slide film, because um, I don't know if any of the listeners have ever shot slide film before, but you have a very narrow range of tones you can capture. Something's really bright or really dark. It'll just go like white or black. Right. Okay. Um, so you have to work with a very particular sort of light. But when you get the film back, if everything turns out fine, that sheet of film is more or less optimized for print. Um, right. yeah. You don't have to do any crazy editing to it. It kind of is what it is. Yes. Um, and so I think that's another thing too about shooting film where, um, the experience of looking at that sheet of film through a um, through a loop on a light table, it tricks your brain into thinking you're looking at reality, which yeah. is really, really cool. Yes. Yeah. And absolutely. when you have that sort of experience, you just want to replicate that in a print. Yeah. And yeah. so I think film kind of keeps in that realm of trying to keep things pretty real, pretty normal to the scene, which I think is why it might give that immersive feel. Yeah. Um, because it's not... Um, with, with color photography, if a photo is edited too much, at a certain point, your brain looks at it and says, this doesn't look like reality anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You've been and with film, it's kind of easy to yeah. stay within that realm, which is, yeah. which I think is, is kind of a nice thing for, for color stuff. Uh, absolutely. And, and another thing that really comes across and it was something I was speaking with my wife about when I was talking about your work earlier on today, there's a real, a real feeling of theater in your work the depth and the, the the scale of the locations that you're shooting um, but also it's it's the way that you position the characters and and on a set and it's the trees the rocks they each have their place as though you've you've prepared the stage and you've pre you've presented them with their personality and i think it, i think it's a wonderful thing that you really managed to get that across i appreciate that and that's that's something i think is um a byproduct of working with large format yeah. Um, because there's one very simple thing when it comes to large format, which has an impact on composition, which is you have to find your subject and your composition before you get the camera out. Yeah. So you basically end up finding compositions with your eyes um, yeah. and figure out exactly where to stand, exactly where the distractions are going to be. And so the, by the time you know, I figure out, oh, there's potential for a photo right here. I already know which lens it's going to be pretty good with. I already kind of know what my composition is going to be. Yeah. So the first thing I do is I take my tripod out. I place it exactly where it is. I actually kind of put it below my chin a little bit just so <laughs> I can like look over the top of it like, yeah, this is where the camera needs to be. Yes. Um, and then once you actually have the camera on the tripod, uh, at that point, one can uh, start paying attention to the edges of the frame and how all the subjects interact because you're looking at it upside down and backwards. Yep. And each of the subjects, this basically becomes lines and shapes. So you're just trying to find a composition where those lines and shapes are very pleasantly arranged. Yeah. Well balanced. Um, yeah. And so, and also um, this is something I've noticed because I have a, a digital kit now as well. Right. And I use that on, on a couple trips and it's really fun to work with. Um, the, but the act of composition is, yeah, I have a, a, a Sony kit, which, which I love, 
but the um, active composition is so much different on that because ultimately you're looking through a viewfinder, looking at a screen, as yep. opposed to this big eight by 10 inch <laughs> ground glass, which is upside down. And you can physically like, I'll use my fingers, I'll measure the distance between subjects and compare it and all that. And you just be so much more um, particular and you'll see things more with the yeah. large format. So I think that's why I'm drawn to that process. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can, I can understand, particularly when you've been shooting it for so long. And as you say, the project of shooting the work for the book, I think, was over nine or ten years or something yeah, like that. It's about like, a decade. Yeah. And I can imagine because, well, well, I generally don't talk about equipment. Most people are probably shooting maybe some medium format or or but largely digital. Therefore, it's quite relatively easy to go out and if you get the conditions, shoot however many pictures you need in a couple of years or something like that in order to get enough to then narrow it down for a book. But from your perspective, the number of shots you're taking every year, it's not something you can all of a sudden wake up and think, right, I'm going to produce a 60, 70 image book by the end of the year when you've got probably a few hundred pictures to photographs to take. Yeah, it's, um, I'd say on average, my goal is if I get 10 photos a year, photos that are like portfolio grade shots, I yep. consider that to be a pretty, pretty good year. Yeah. Um, so that's been my goal. And, and usually each trip, if I get a couple of photos from each trip, it generally puts me in a pretty good uh, direction. But, yep. but yeah, in order to get enough photos for the book, it was 10 years worth of images. Now those images were happening, happening more frequently towards the end or, you know, the end of those 10 years and yes. in recent times, just cause yeah. I've been more productive and kind of yeah. figured out what I'm doing a little bit more. Yes. Yep. Um, but I mean, some of those, the earliest picture in that book was from 2009 Yeah. and it's still, still one of my favorite images. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if I do another book at some point, it'll, it might not take me 10 years to build up another, yeah. uh, you know, enough images for it. And I forget how many are in the book. I think it's like 80 something. 68 or something like that. Yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and because I remember when they gave me the stats um, in terms of how many pages the book would be and how many pages there were to fill out, I looked at my images. I'm like, I don't think I have enough. <laughs> but uh, but I did. So yeah. it was, and there were some images I really liked that didn't quite make the book, uh, which is just fine because it didn't flow with the theme. Yeah, we're going absolutely. With. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely need to, it takes a while to build up uh, the amount of yeah. images necessary to fill a book, especially if you have um, uh, pay, uh, pictures on facing pages, which yes. is one of my favorite parts of making the book where you can have those pictures that correlate to each other in one way or yeah. another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's two, two, uh, two pictures on Quite a page. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> You're using your pictures fast. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's what's really nice is actually when you talk about the first image, the oldest image in the book is 2009. Mm -hmm. And yet it feels totally blended and works so coherently with every other image. It's, mm -hmm. it's not as though you can see a huge, it's not as though you see a big difference in the quality of what you were shooting and the subject matter and the, the style that you were going for over that period of time. It, it's so it's so coherent and consistent as well. And I, I owe a lot of that to working with large format because yeah. it's it really just, you know, the the rules of, shooting photos now are the same as when I shot them back in 2009. Absolutely. Yeah. in the same film and same general techniques. And also the other thing I should mention is that before, um, well, when I went to college, I have a, a degree in, in graphic design. Yeah. Um, just because it seemed like it was a kind of a useful sort of degree that might translate to something. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so part of that is just 
organizing things and trying to yeah. organize things in a way that makes it, um, you know, easy for the viewer, which is composition. Yep. Um, so I will say that at least having a background in that, um, even when I first started going on these trips and taking these photos, at least I had a sort of background on that. And I can look back at some of those old photos. And for the most part, I look at them, I'm like, yeah, I'd make the same decisions now, which is, which is, which is kind of a nice feeling to not look back and have regrets about, oh, if only I was like yeah. three inches to the left for the camera or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that said, it's always, it's always a nice position to be in looking back and thinking, yeah, I nailed that one just as, just as I would do if I went back and, and tried to look for something similar as well, which yeah. I suspect many people probably aren't in that position. But the, the other thing that really comes across in the book, which I also really like, is the text that you've incorporated in it mm -hmm. um, and the stories. It really adds to the storytelling element of the book and the narrative that you're trying to get across. Yeah, that was the toughest part. Um, so when the project came up, so they, they proposed um, doing a book. It was... Um, late 2019 when they reached out to me yep and they said basically you know you'll you know you'll need to have the the photos and then the text and all that and for the photos i had to go back and rescan a bunch of photos which was actually really good because that's right when the pandemic was starting yes and so i had plenty of time <clears throat> to go back and you know find those sheets of film and i was not terribly organized when i first got into this so yep. trying to find those sheets of film but in the process of doing so is also kind of cool because I discovered some old photos I wrote off that I didn't think much of, but now I look at them, I'm like, oh, these are pretty good. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to writing the text, that took the most time um, because it was trying to uh, distill some of the thoughts that I had about the photo into very small paragraphs, depending on how much space was you know Available, on that particular yeah. layout. Um, and then also trying to make it cohesive where you have you know the text from these various photos that all tie together in one way or another um and that was something where when they 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 uh, at cozy they handled the the layout so we we kind of paired up the images that we liked and then they put things together and we had kind of a back and forth trying yep. to figure cool. out the layout yeah and then ultimately on some of the pages where there was a particular photo that didn't go well with another photo yeah um where it was there's something about it where it just didn't play nicely with other photos. Those are the ones that would normally get the text. Uh, right. Like there'd be like a paragraph on the facing page. Yeah. And so the photos that receive the text aren't necessarily ones that I said, Oh, I have a really good story for this one, which is going to tie to this other one. Yeah. It's more so a matter of here are the photos. And then I just kind of worked with, the selections and then kind of built yeah. up the text and the stories and the other stuff along those lines based on yeah. what we were working with. And it, and it actually worked out really well because it gave, um, it gave me more of an opportunity to think about those photos and how things, you know, match up and pair up and stuff like that. So it was, it, but it took a long time. It took, um, it took several, several weeks to do the writing, yeah. um, which I thought it would take about half that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but again, it just adds, it adds from a, viewer's perspective it adds a different element and it adds a different aspect to the experience of looking through the book it's not just a case of looking through one image after another because yeah as i talked as i was talked about earlier you're the, the way you immerse yourselves in locations by revisiting the same location it's very important to the work that you're presenting and mm -hmm. I, th I think that that by having the text that helps for you to get those 
those those issues and those those messages across as well. Yeah, it d- d- definitely does give it a good opportunity for that. Um, though also, it is interesting to note that also, if I had even more photos, it would have been a less work to make the book because I wouldn't have had to do as much text. Takes you. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh yeah, you worked really hard for those pictures. You got those like seventy pictures or so. Yeah. You also need to have some text. But yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm glad it all it all worked that well. And I, and I did have a have a lot of fun with that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the looking through the images as well that you really capture the seasons particularly well i really like the movement through through the through the different seasons but mm-hmm. also the way that you really capture the materiality of the landscape that that you're that you're 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 working within as well i think the the tonal qualities as well really comes across but also just the the actual physical elements that the, the landscape is made up from I, th- I think that those really come across well and in, in the photographs that you've presented in the book beautifully yeah i appreciate that and and it was the um there i definitely have a lot of fall imagery um from going to zion yeah and it was really interesting to see how those images sort of played with each other um and then there were some some combinations that i really loved um in terms of just um visual uh, like when you have a, a you know facing pages and you have two images and sometimes having some contrast between those images really is what we like. One of my favorite spreads in the book, there's an ice abstract um, yeah. on one page and then there's a cracked sandstone yeah. on the other. And what was interesting is that, that was, that's one of my favorite pairings. Yep. That's the one. Absolutely. That, yeah. I, th- I totally agree. It's a wonderful combination. And that's one of my favorite pairings. And I actually had to fight for that one a little bit when we were going right. through the book. Cause I'm like, this is my favorite pairing. We got to have this. Um, but what it does what, what's different about that though is that it does it's different from the flow of the rest of the book where you have images on a very sim- similar theme yes. like here's here's two trees that look pretty similar that yep. complement each other pretty nicely and then here you have a contrasting pair and so um so i actually i really like having the the contrasting pairs but it also makes a book maybe a little bit less cohesive if you have nothing but those contrasting yes, pairs. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, as you say, it's getting the balance right. I also like the image, which is on page 28. Yeah, that it's one. the maple leaf with the, some, uh, the some maple dried leaf, but, sand. But then also laterally, when you've got the maple leaf under the ice or on top of the ice, I think it is yeah. later on in the book. You know, and then what's interesting is you know, on page 76, I think it's just it's a lovely, wonderful combination that you immediately <laughs> think, all ah, right, okay, I'm I'm re-seeing not not the maple leaf, but I'm, I'm re-seeing the maple leaf again, just in, in in its in a different environment, in a different setting at the different time of year. Yeah, and, and that photo was taken actually just before we started doing the book. And it almost made me a little bit. I mean, I, I knew I liked that photo um yep. after you know after I shot it, but you know, if you're, you know, working on a book and then you have like, oh, I got these, you know, photos from my latest trip. And also you're kind of like, do I even like those photos yet? Because I haven't had the time and the the perspective of, you know, looking at them for a while. But yeah, all the photos that were this sort of more last minute sort of additions, um, those those photos actually ended up being ones that I like. There's some Death Valley ones as well um, from the trip that was, you know, just a, a, you know, a month or so before we started making the book. Um, so it was, it was nice to to include those, um, but also uh, since going on, or since we made the book, I've had some pretty um, productive trips, and so now right. it's kind of it's nice to start building up another library of images again for something else at some point later down the line. Absolutely, 
Um, and I, I suppose, obviously, you've mentioned the the print portfolios that you produce every year. Mm-hmm. So, which I've seen of. So, obviously, you've you you know about building up the portfolio because that's what you're looking to do every year. So, how natural did it come to you to then say, right, okay, well, I'm just doing the equivalent but on a much bigger scale in terms of as opposed to looking for the 10 images that all worked and complemented each other from this year i'm now looking at something over 10 years and 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 where did you begin with your image selection so with the book it's definitely um, a far more intimidating process really than so when i do the um, the box sets each year my goal is to get 10 images yeah. which is just kind of a personal goal. If I get that, then yeah, I feel pretty good about the year. Yeah. And it serves as motivation in the field, uh, maybe keep working harder and trying to find just that perfect subject. Yeah. Um, with the book, it's, it's a little bit different um, because it's more about just trying to organize the pictures that are already there. And, and yeah. the way we did that is I just, um, basically I just grabbed all the pictures from my website, relatively low res ones, uh, put them in a folder and then uh, send them over to the folks at Cozy, and they were just started doing the sequencing to try to make sense of things and, and yep. you know things are organized by season and all that. Um, so it was more so I had I did have more images than necessary yep. uh, to do the book, but at the same time, it was a matter of just trying to figure out which ones are going to pair very well. So that was more of the emphasis when making the book, yep. uh, as opposed to the box set, which is more so uh, serving as a motivation to. Uh, work. Um, to work harder and try to to find those images yes um, and it because i feel like it holds me ac- accountable at the end of the year to have the box set because <laughs> like if i don't have the images then yeah it's going to be a little rough well that, uh, so that's it's a little it. bit of a different experience yeah and and the th- i suppose the things with the portfolio box set as well the there can be a whole different variety whereas for the book there's there's really got to be a flow and a consistency and that they've got yeah. to they've there's they've got to work together and as, as when I, when you speak to you know, speak to other people about their books there's always the one or two images that you think i really wish that was in the book but it doesn't add to it or it, as a standalone image it probably works beautifully well but when you're looking at it surrounded by the other body of work you think actually what, what does it add? It doesn't bring up the, the level that, uh, that you maybe need it to. Yeah. And with, with the box sets, I, I guess the underlying theme that ends up occurring every year is just a, a seasonal theme. Yes. Um, since I usually have a winter trip, a spring trip, a fall trip, maybe a summer trip. Yeah. And so that has always really been the underlying theme. And that's how it, the way, that's the way I lay out the, um, the box sets. I will keep the you know all the winter trip pictures together than the spring trip so i have it transitioned through the seasons yeah i do change around the order of the images so that they play well uh, with yeah. each other yeah but in the case of the box sets you just have individual prints and yeah. things get a lot more complicated with the book when you got to look at those pictures next to each other yeah. and some of them just do not play nicely with others uh, images that are uh, a bit bolder um yeah. they can either go with an image that is a much more tame image so that they balance each other but typically that creates more so the contrasting images that which works against the flow of the book. Yeah. Um, but I, d- I did really like a lot of pairs that, that Kozu came up with that I wasn't necessarily uh, thinking of. Yeah. Um, but I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a natural pair for those images. Like I can't yeah. see it any other way now. Well, that's it. Once you've been presented with it, it all of a sudden becomes very obvious 
Um, did you did you ever go at trying to sequence it yourself, or were you just perfectly happy to say on you go, guys? Or uh, I I did um, I did some of the sequencing. Um, so basically, even before doing the book, um, yep. I like the idea of having images that pair really well. Yeah. So I've always had in the back of my mind like which images are going to go really nicely with each other. And one of the things I have, I have just one of these pairs on my website, but I have it where uh, people can buy what I call a matched pair of prints okay. um, because it's images were, um, and actually this is something that I um, realized when I was trying to hang some photos in my own house um, <laughs> is that like, oh, I like this picture, but I hate it next to this picture. Like, like yeah. I like these pictures separately, but together yeah. they don't work well. Yeah. <laughs> and so I came up with the idea of creating matched pairs where these images are, they're going to, they're going to, they look good on their own, but they complement, they complement each other even better when they're next to each other. Yes. And so, and actually that's one of the pairs that I fought for in the book, the one we talked about with the ice yes. and the fractured. Um, and so I'd actually been coming up with pairs like that for quite a while now. And just, I'd pull yep. up two, uh, two windows with my website and just kind of scroll one and the other, like a slot machine and just kind of like see yep. how the different ones were going with each other. Yeah. So I, I had some pre-existing ideas based on pairs for the book, based on my experience with that. Yeah. Um, but then you also have to have to have the underlying theme, um, to go with the book. And I think that's where, where Kozu did a pretty good job trying to have it where they visually match, but also the underlying theme matches as well. It's not just a, a visual thing. Like it would be if you're hanging the pictures on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, they've obviously, Greg at Kozu has now done a number of books and all very successfully as well. And I think, yeah, that's where you, you definitely benefit from experience of having someone who's looking at these, has looked at a whole range of other styles of work, has a good mm -hmm. idea of what he's looking to achieve or what will work well for the body of work you've presented to him. And then, yeah, your your work benefits from having that having that expertise and that knowledge. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That was definitely something that was that was good to have to have a um, sort of a impartial like, hey, we just we got to find the stuff that works here kind of thing in terms, instead of like, I might be attached to the pictures a little bit more, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that, that's it. And I think that always comes comes into play if you're looking to when you're working on your own images, you've got an emotional connection to the images and to ones which even if you try to be have, be totally unbiased, there's always certain images that you actually really are very strongly attached to, be it mm -hmm. from what you've shot or from the personal experience of capturing, capturing the image. Whereas when you're looking at it totally afresh, you don't have that emotional connection. So you begin to look for the actual, how, how well each image works well against, in, in a sequence, in a set, or as you say, face-to-face -face in the opposite pages. Yeah, yeah, that's, there's definitely a lot to be said about that. And, and it was also interesting that some of the um, some of the photos in the book are some older ones that um, it's kind of weird. There's some pictures I shot a while back that I'm like, hey, I don't even know if I like that one anymore kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But going through this process made me realize like, yeah, actually, I do kind of actually like that photo. So yeah. um, so it was interesting to having the, um, that perspective in terms of it actually gave me a different perspective on some of the old ones that may not have uh, had much of an attachment to that I actually decided, hey, actually, I kind of like that photo. Yeah, well, that's it. And as you say, when you go back through your old images that you maybe hadn't necessarily considered as being an option, when you're looking at it as a, as a larger body of work, you, all of a sudden things begin to have different appeal because, in fact, okay, well, I maybe don't like it necessarily by itself, but actually as part of this set of four or five images, it actually works really well and adds something to it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and there's um, there's a, a photographer uh, photographer friend of mine. His name is uh, Jim Bicia. Right. He doesn't have a book, but he has really really fantastic work. He also shoots on large format, and he has these really cool uh, texture photos that he'll shoot, and they they're they're great on their own. But when they're um, put together in a book, and he he's made these books that are more just like personal project books. Yeah. Um, and he sent me some of them and just these collections of these images where they play so nicely, especially in book form okay. when they're just, you know, you flip into the pages, something about the tactile experience of seeing them yes. and yep. the facing and the transitions from page to page. Um, so there, there's something about some of the images that really do very well in, in book form where on their own, they're a beautiful image, but they're transformed into something even, even better when they're yeah. in a book form uh, just in viewed in series, kind of like what you were mentioning. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's it, images. What, I suppose I, I, it's one thing I do like about books is that I you don't need to I don't need to love every image. Go wow, that's a stunning image because they all play their part in the overall sequence and the overall story of of what it is. And as you say, yes, yeah, like you can see some bodies of work that actually just the tactile elements, the paper choices, the, the attention to detail from those elements just begin to add an entirely different experience and dimension to to the book as opposed to when you're looking at on screen and you're just scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah. All of a sudden when you've got something physical and you can you can feel the texture that then relates to the subject matter, it just it becomes a different experience. Yeah. And also it's a bit like if you have um, a photo that, you know, maybe you're, you're okay with the photo, yeah. but then you see that photo like framed nicely on a wall with a nice mat around it, a nice yeah. frame about it. It's like, oh, that's really yeah. a pretty solid photo there. I did, I, it's just a rock, but you know, it turned out pretty nice. So yeah. I think book is, elevates the photos in the same way that, you know, framing a photo professionally elevates a photo. Yeah, it's all about that. That presentation really has a, has a big impact. Yeah. If you've got something that, as you say, it's like even just as printing it out on, a, a, a paper type that really suits the image it, you can print an image out on two or three different paper types and if you get the one that just works for that image it just sings to you as opposed to you look at something mm, that's a bit disappointing that one but when you when you eventually get the right the right paper you think yeah that that really actually works well yeah Tr- triggers a little something in the brain where you're like Ooh, i like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So in terms of the book, obviously a very positive experience. I think it's now all well and truly sold out. And has it given you, you obviously mentioned that you'd kind of had an idea for maybe doing a book before you were approached by Cozy, but is it something that you would look to do again in the future, potentially, if you, if you, if you get to that stage of having another body of work that you think would work well? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it, it's something where, um, there's something very nice about how all the work comes together um, yep. and being able to, to tie all the images together yeah. uh, is definitely something I would, I would, I'd want to do again. Um, and it will, it'll certainly take a long time to, to build up that work. <laughs> um, but also it'll be interesting to see if there's any other sort of themes to pursue or any sort of underlying themes or, I mean, I have, I have no yep. clue right now. Um, yeah. I, I do like how it was the book from Kozu was uh, very seasonally, um, arranged. Yes. Um, but who, I don't know. I, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens later down the line, but I, I definitely would be interested in at some point doing another book. Yeah. 
excellent stuff. And moving on to photo books in general, I'm always very interested to hear what um, my guests like in terms of their own photo books. Quite often, there will normally always be a curveball which doesn't really tie in with what with what the guest photographs themselves and but for me it's always it's always great to see what inspires or what other books you like in in general so i'd be really interested to hear maybe three four or five of your favorite photo books from other photographers yeah so the first one i'll mention is probably one you're familiar with because it's also from that region right um but uh i don't know if you can see it there oh yes Northwest. Uh, northwest by alex nail yep so beautiful, beautiful work. I mean, in, in looking through the book in terms of all the, the stories and the depth of the images and all the effort it takes to get to some of these areas yes. and these mountaintops and uh, beautiful light and um, even, even capturing it on digital where one can gather more work, you know, each one of those photos is absolutely gorgeous yeah. and one yes. would be, you know, super, super proud of. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't even know how he's able to gather all that work from, you know, from the region yep. and have all these beautiful images and text and stuff. And also in terms of an actual photo book, um, the cover material is really, really tactile. Um, some, um, some, uh, gold foil. Yeah. So very, 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 uh, blown away by that book. Yeah, I have a copy of it somewhere on my bookshelf behind me. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really nice, beautifully done. And as you say, it, incredible amounts of effort to get to all of these locations where you are going to every every location possible, really, and over far distances as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and the next one is um, from uh, Will Neal. Yep. It's his uh, retrospective book. I don't know if, you're, if you've seen that one or are familiar with that one. Yeah. Uh... Um, Probably, I'm sure it's up on my bookshelf somewhere. Yeah, it and it's be. it's a beefy book. He's got he's got a lot of um, a lot of work in here. The looks like it's a little over 200 pages. Yeah, um, but absolute beautiful collection. Certainly a lot of large format in there as well as other formats as well. Yeah, usually um, coming from um, from a fellow large format shooter and having. Know, even more appreciation for uh, plus a lot of the information about them in the back yes um, and also he's 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 a great guy i've, I've yeah. i correspond with him on on the on the various social medias uh, yeah. from time to time yeah really then, really uh, really good body of work really oh yeah and such an extensive it, an extensive collection of work as well it, I'm, I'm jealous of pretty much every image he <laughs> always a good sign and then the last one is a little bit of a, a an older book, right? And this was given to me by my friend uh, Jim Bicia. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. Nope. A tree, a it, blade it's of called grass. A tree, a blade of grass, and it's by Shinzo Maeda, a right. Japanese photographer. And okay. I th think this was published in the '80s. Um, he was born in 1922. He's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, but he has really, really beautiful work, uh, large format, four by five, eight by 10, uh, a lot of um, like smaller scenes that he photographs, Lovely. a lot of stuff that really um, appeals to me as well in terms of like maybe interesting, like grass textures and yeah. um, just all kinds of just really, really beautiful stuff where you're really having to notice those details. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's a, um, it's, it's a 
it's not quite as big as William Neal's book, but it's it's a pretty pretty beefy book as well. Yeah, really nice. And so very, and there's like on the on the back there, there's a picture Lovely. of some maples and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it, very so much the inti- intimate landscape as well. I think. Yeah, which is something that large format really excels at. Yeah, um, something about shooting those smaller scenes is just a lot more. It's, it's, it's a very calm experience as opposed to photographing these dynamically changing scenes where you just regret every decision after the fact and think you messed it up. But, you know, shooting some <laughs> leaves on the ground, yeah, it's, it, that's, that's a wonderful experience. Yeah, you've got yeah, a bit more control and consistency over it. Yes, yes. And you can take your time. And, and then you usually have a composition that's well thought out and you don't have all these mistakes afterwards or you know, things along those lines. Yeah. it's it's all the challenge but it's all part of the challenge and it's fundamental i think it's all part of the fun as well if if everything was so easy then there wouldn't be the same rewarding experiences that we do get when you come back look at your images once you've had them once you've scanned them etc and think yeah i really nailed that one or mm, yeah yep. I'm not, that's, that's sure. a good feeling it's a really good feeling Absolutely. especially when everything aligns right everything works you have you're in the right place at the right time and you know that all those decisions are ones that you know that that you made that got you to that particular point. Um, so it's definitely quite quite fulfilling when it all works out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ben, on that note, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, discussing your work. Um, I really am a massive admirer of your work. I, I really enjoy seeing seeing what you what you're out shooting. Um, I also enjoy your YouTube videos when you when you release them, which is very sporadically. But I I must yes. I, I, I must say that's really part of the appeal. Um, and I think I think the body of work you've pulled together in your book is is really first class. It's um, some just truly stunning images in there, and it's uh, yeah definitely one that sits very proudly on my bookshelf. So thank you very much for your time, Ben. It's real been a pleasure. I really appreciate that kind words, and it's always fun talking photography. Cheers. <laughs>